The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. A, always, B, B, G, gutting, always be gutting, always be gutting. Friends, hello, how are you? Guten Tag, Kevin Goatee here, of course, gutting the sacred cow. This week, we have ourselves a monster guest. It would happen to be noodles from the offspring, that's right. To try and take down one of the most heralded Christmas films of recent time, National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation. Before we get to it, guttingthesacredcow at gmail.com if you want to advertise with us. And if you're a new listener, welcome. We would thoroughly love it if you left us a five-star rating, two or three sentence review on your podcast platform of choice, as well as subscribe to us and all the socials for all the fun stuff we put out there for you. Joining me in the co-host is one of my best friends since my 20s, Terry Loda, who's a hell of a funny dude. Now, let's see if Noodles from the Offspring can do damn near the impossible and try and take down Christmas Vacation. King Kong ain't got shit on me. Terry Loda, name that <laughs> film. Damn it. Shouldn't have had so many beers beforehand. <laughs> and they're only lining kugels. Oh my God! Oh Jesus! Shame. Someone's sundress. Someone's sundress is tightening, tightening I'm up. I'm a little distracted by uh, Randy Quaid's nipple that's poking out over your left shoulder. <laughs> He's there. got a nice B cup, doesn't he? <laughs> Do you not know that film? No. God damn it! Noodles from the Offspring. Oh my God! Almost 20 years listening to these guys. Love them, and he's one of the nicest fucking people you ever meet. Noodles from the Offspring. Do you know what quote that is from? King Kong ain't got shit on me. I have no idea. The answer, fellas, is Training Day. Oh, all right. All right. Uh, okay, that went over like a fart in church. Denzel, right? <laughs> <laughs> Kev, yes, it was Denzel. That's exactly right. Kevin Goatee, Terry Loda, and Noodles from the Offspring here. Thank you all for joining us yet again for another Gutting the Sacred Cow. We've had some monster episodes. People have had the balls to come out and try and attack Apocalypse Now. Field of Dreams. Can you believe that? The Sandlot. What? Yes. But today, what's that, Noodles? Can't go after the Sandlot. They are, and they brought their knives, and they are fully sharpened. Apocalypse Now, though, that was one that would never get touched. Our buddy Noodles from the Offspring joins us, and he has selected, I dare say, the most beloved Christmas film of all time. No, not that piece of shit Christmas story, and that is National Lampoon's Christmas <laughs> Vacation, a 1989 release, box office uh, budget of $25 million, box office haul, $73.3 million. Turn that into 2022 money, I did. 
$57.3 million budget, $168 million haul. Not a bad, not a bad, uh, not a bad rate there, Terry Loda. That's uh, not bad. That's uh, about the size of Julia Lewis's forehead in the movie. <laughs> <laughs> We're going to have a lot more of those in here, I promise you. All right. As we all know, IMDb is a scale 1 through 10 with decimal points. Noodles, what do you think Nash Lampoon's Christmas Vacation scored on IMDb? 1 through 10 with decimal points. Uh, I'm going to guess, uh, uh, gosh, like I would I, would I give it or what? Do, what, do what, is, what, what <laughs> we'll ask at the very end of your argument, sir. What, what do you think IMDb has keep, for this? Yeah, uh, I, I'm going to say 6.7 stars. Terry Loto. Uh, 7.4. Are you cheating? 7.5. No. Are you kidding? <laughs> yeah. Wow. Hey, someone's got both Rookie. showcases. <laughs> I, uh, sorry. Rotten Tomatoes is a scale, <clears throat> is a uh, scale one through 10 percentages. Terry Loto. What did the critics give National Lampoon's Chris? <clears throat> God damn it. National Lampoon's Christmas vacation critic score. Yeah, yeah. I'll, I'll turn that into a percent. We'll go 75 percent, 75 noodles. What do you think the critics gave this film? One dollar. Our critics are going to go lower. I'm going to do uh, 5.5. All right. 55. So 67 percent says the critics uh, oh, right in the middle. So just a little CH above uh, certified fresh. Back to you, noodles. What do you think the audience gave this film again? One through 100. Oh, gosh, I, I think the audience, I mean, people that are going to go see this movie are, are going to want to see it. Uh, so I think that's going to be higher. I'm going to say 88 percent. 88, Terry Loda. Ooh. I'll go a little less. I'll go 80 percent. 86 noodles closest on that one. Hey. Now, next section, of course, of course, are quotes. And this film is chock full of them. <laughs> Can't see the line, can you, Russ? Merry Christmas, <laughs> shitter's full. Yeah. Jelly of the Month Club, that's a gift that keeps on giving, Clark. Merry Christmas, kiss my ass, kiss his ass, happy Hanukkah. You don't wear, you don't wear short pants around snots, if you know what I mean. It's just best to let him finish. I don't know. This, this one I forgot about. This one cracked me up. I don't know about the cat, but I sure am enjoying it. <laughs> and, of course. Oh, the lime jello. Uh, yeah, and of course, yeah. you serious, Clark? <laughs> Noodles, what quotes jumped out at you from this film? Did I leave any meat on the bone? Uh, uh, not, not a lot, to be honest with you. I didn't think <laughs> there was a lot of funny quotes. Uh, the, you know, the, the funniest, most iconic line is the shitter's full line. You know, Merry right. Christmas, shitter's full. Um, it's not that funny. It's all right. It's, not I, the, the visual of him you know jumping the stuff in the sewer and his robe is kind of entertaining and cousin eddie's probably the the funniest most odd it's character in the in the whole the whole movie but no not that no, no, no quotes huh what's that so no quotes so that's, that's okay that's no problem yeah. we'll go to terry loto who i know is is <laughs> frothing at the mouth with this no, one actually you know what it's a very subtle quote and i'd forgotten about it until i watched the movie as if i was doing some kind of shitty homework uh <laughs> yesterday and today um when aunt bethany is coming in and clark's 
taking her up the stairs and you just hear her go, don't throw me down, Clark. Like, <laughs> what the, like, as if he's going to toss her off the porch. Like I, it was just a random line that I just must have missed around, the first time around. But I, yeah, I, that one went I, by I me. I missed that one. He's going to toss her like Beetlejuice. I was going back and trying to, you know, catch lines that, that made me laugh. But, you know, I didn't I should take notes on ones that made me laugh. That's a lot. All right, no problem. Listen to me. That's that's where the, that's where your arguments come in here. So let's get to five fun facts. Though many of John Hughes' films have spawned sequels, the man himself was not a fan of retreads. The only sequels I was involved in were Under Duress. Was he writing at gunpoint <laughs> while sitting on his stack of cash? Hughes said that. Yeah, Hughes said okay. that. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I was saying he wrote that like in between two really good movies. Um, uh, he worked on well, Home Alone and Uncle Buck. Right, which I love Uncle, know, Uncle Buck. I love Uncle writing, Buck too. Yeah, on the you know, the writing in both those was way better than the writing uh, on this. It was r- really dumb. Like I was <laughs> just blown away. I was blown away that they got E.G. Marshall in this thing. You know, uh, uh, Diane Ladd. You know, they had some heavy hitters in this thing in bit parts with really awful lines yeah. it was yeah heavy hitters if this is 1955 <laughs> number two well, yeah, yeah, right. <laughs> yeah yeah number fun fact number two but don't be disappointed if you do not know that he's not a fan of sequels or haven't seen it because national lampoon's christmas vacation 2 cousin eddie's island adventure was made for tv it finds randy quaid and miriam flynn as eddie and Catherine stranded on an island in the south pacific for the holidays yes really and by the way i'm shocked because he actually listed the number it has a 12 percent approval rating on rotten tomatoes that's that's 27 percent more than i thought it would have <laughs> So wait, didn't Randy Quaid actually do something similar to that in real life a few years back, like yes. on an island in in Canada or something like that, where yeah, he abducted a woman like uh, looking like Aqualung. <laughs> Adam Carolla has Dennis Quaid on his podcast a lot. You know, you're on Carolla's podcast a bunch of noodles, and he uh, it's extra too. He said Dennis Quaid comes in and goes. The only thing he says is, "Don't ask me about my brother." <laughs> <laughs> So meth use, that's okay. You can yeah. ask about that. And, all right. Yeah. Uh, fun fact number three, Aunt Bethany is Betty Boop. Christmas Vacation marked the final film of Mae Questel, who began her voice career as Betty Boop in 1931. She died at the age of 89 in 1998. I'll take shitty cartoons for $800, Ken. Unless you're a Puerto Rican woman, they have shitloads of Betty Boop bumper stickers and cars for some reason all over. <laughs> Never understood that. Was it? Wasn't she yeah. like the first anime porn, basically for for guys? They were like tugging one out World War Two to pictures of Betty Boop. Can you imagine you're about to die and that's the last <laughs> thing you jerk off to before a sniper <laughs> rifle goes to your head? A little uh, squeaky oh. cartoon that doesn't show anything and a shitty haircut. <laughs> Yuck. Number four in the scene, uh, Ellen Griswold apologizes to Mrs. Mrs. Shirley, the wife of Clark's boss slash Eddie's kidnapping victim, assuring her that, quote, this is our family's first kidnapping when in fact it's their second. As we know of in the first vacation film, they kidnapped John Candy at Wally World. At gunpoint. Yeah. Or 
Sorry, sorry, kids. Moose Park's closed. Moose Out Front should have told you so. Moose Out Front. That's John Candy was the best part of the first uh, the first uh, vacation movie. You mean sure. it wasn't it wasn't Beverly D'Angelo's tits? Because it was for me. It was for me, and uh, <laughs> I, I said Beverly your old self. Yeah. <laughs> I said Beverly D'Angelo's tits were the best uh, part of that for me. <laughs> I know. Uh, I know somebody that uh, alleges that uh, he was deflowered by Beverly D'Angelo. Oh, let me guess. Was he dragged behind enemy lines and forced to at gunpoint like John Hughes forced to write sequels? Yeah, right. He's kidnapped in the, the, uh, the uh, what is it, that, uh, yeah, that wood-paneled station wagon. Yeah, the family truckster. <laughs> the four headlights. Yeah, Beverly yeah. D'Angelo was the original Nexum head cult master mistress, right? Yeah, he, 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 uh, he was very young and she was she was older and... She just kept threatening him with a good time, and finally he called her on it. And uh, she it, delivered, yeah. I bet. Jesus, as the story goes, yeah. Is this someone famous? Not, not necessarily, but oh. uh, yeah. I would. I, well, I don't know. Famous. He he plays in a band that uh, a band that I know. I'm friendly with. Dexter Holland. No, <laughs> no, not my band. <laughs> All right, number five. <laughs> Number five, in both the original Vacation and European Vacation, Rusty is believed to be the older of the two Griswold children. In Christmas Vacation, Rusty somehow morphs into Audrey's younger brother. I thought about that. Uh, you know, I thought Rusty was older. I couldn't remember for sure. Um, but Johnny Galecki was great. He was probably the best actor in this in this film. I got to give it up. <laughs> the kids were the kids were fine. I'm not gonna I'm not gonna go after. Galecki or, or Juliet. Glad, uh, glad that's uh, we didn't know that. Okay, okay. Yeah. Well, now it's well, go ahead. Oh. Full disclosure: uh, our bass player Todd was in Juliet and the Licks, <laughs> um, so I have a sort of a, a connection there. And and I'm a big fan of jo Juliet's work, you know. And Kate Fear, she was great. She was great in um, uh, Natural Born Killers. So very Kate good Fear, in Natural yeah. Born Killers. Oh, yeah. 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 So yeah, I thought that's why you didn't like this movie because uh, she picked Todd to be in the band instead of you. So uh, <laughs> yeah, I'm glad you're not, you're not carrying any grudges they, around they were, with you. <laughs> they were a good band. She was really, she was really cool. A lot of, a lot of energy. I don't know if she's still doing it or not. You know, she's been really busy with, with uh, acting lately. Uh, but she, she reminded me of like Iggy Pop or something. Um, Iggy Pop beats uh, Chrissy Hind or something like, like that. Very, she was yeah. Like wild yeah. on stage, right? She had like a crazy stage presence, yeah. like bending over backwards and like crazy stuff like that, right? Yeah. Was she cutting herself and jumping in the crowd too? <laughs> Peanut butter. You know, <laughs> yeah. That's hot. Okay, now it's time for our fans to get in on the fun with us and ask a gutter. Bango2331, one of our biggest fans. He says, I always thought Christmas Vacation was overrated. Looking forward to this. That's not a question. That's a statement. I, I completely agree with him. Yeah. <laughs> at Brandon Oglesby at Newark Night, in your opinion, Noodles, was this the worst Chevy Chase funny dad role, or can you think of a worse one? Uh, I can't think of a worse one. Oof. This is this is by far, yeah. And the second half of his real life, <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. The second half of his question: Where does Beverly D'Angelo rank on your list of hot movie moms before the term MILF was dropped in American Pie, nineteen ninety nine? She's never done it for me, Beverly D'Angelo. Pretty lady, uh, I, I would not, you know, just not. She doesn't do it for me. Now, now, uh, was it Nicolette Scorsese in the film? She's the uh, the saleswoman at the 
whatever the like lingerie. Sure. JC Penny. Uh, I don't think she's a real Scorsese. <laughs> she took the name, but doesn't matter. She's she's pretty stunning. It's amazing how like when you see how some of these films, like in the eighties, you're like, all right, in the eighties you could see she was hot. Like that woman still, you're like, God damn. God yeah. damn. Uh, yeah, yeah. At, at Zyphos, I would still like to know, is it still a bit nipply outside? Yeah. Great boob, but you know, boob puns. It was just so, so cliche and, and you know, uh, yeah. I didn't think it was funny at all. It was just so dumb. At Taco Shirt Krillin, I love to ask a question about the movie, but I always found it boring and can't remember much about it. So instead, what bands have you been listening to these days, Noodles? Oh, gosh. We just, like I said, we just, uh, well, like I said before we started taping, we just played with Plague Vendor, um, and they're great. Uh, if you ever get a chance to see them live, they're phenomenal, but also check out their their stuff. They've got some great songs and great music. Um, lately, I've been listening to a lot of Australian bands. Uh, Amel and the Sniffers is really phenomenal. I, I love them. There's a band called Pissed Idiots. It's P-I-S-T, Idiots, also from Australia. And, of course, the Chats. The Chats, we got to do yeah. Some- do some songs or some shows with the chats in Europe a few years ago. And they're, they're great. Just a lot of fun. At Nemirovsky, not related much to this movie, but my friend has a girlfriend that he doesn't like very much. He won't shut up about the bitch. He really has no self-esteem anymore because she's sleeping with his friends. What's the best way to keep them separated? <laughs> yeah, I'm not, I'm not going there. <laughs> He's on I, his own. Uh, maybe it's time to invest in a hammerhead. Yeah. Wicked at Wicked Awesome. How does the pool scene in this in, uh, in this movie compare with Phoebe Kate, Phoebe Cates in the Fast Times at Ridgemont High scene? My answer is it doesn't compare. It, it doesn't compare. You know, there's also a scene uh, in uh, was it the Man with Two Brains? I think Steve Martin, where he kind of knocks out a pane of glass. You, you right. know, similar kind of situation. And and I thought it was gonna something like that was gonna happen. All of a sudden, he turns around. It's that little girl which is just creepy. And then it just kind of goes into this weird thing. You know, yeah, the scenes did not connect at all. And at first you're, I'm going, what, what is he doing? Looking out the window at the, you know, it looked like, it didn't look like a backyard pool. It looked like a, like a hotel resort. Like what is he daydreaming? And then I realized, Oh yeah, the pool, he wants to put the pool in the backyard. Right. They did. They didn't, they didn't, they didn't make the connection clear at first. Right. Uh, next question coming from at Lord Snurts. Why are most Christmas movies awful? Yeah, I mean, they are. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, like Christmas music. Most Christmas music is really, really pretty bad. There's, there's some good stuff, but most of it's really pretty bad. Are you guys going to do an album of Christmas music like Bad Religion oh, yeah. did? It took, it took yeah, them about 30 years to put a song out, right? Yeah. We put one out a couple of years ago. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, yeah, we're not above cashing in. Um, <laughs> the YouTube so, cover, right? Uh, you know what? I actually I have a Christmas playlist, but I I do good Christmas songs. You know, most of the stuff you hear on the radio, it's just you only you would you only listen to that melody or whatever you know, just because it's that time of the year. It takes you there. Um, you know, there are some good songs. Oi to the world is a great song, and the Vandals yeah. play that around. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, that's a that's a really fun one. So. Uh, there's some good stuff out there, but it, for Christmas songs, but a lot of it's just really awful. Every time I play Crazy Taxi in my little, you know, this video game system, and you guys come on and go, they are cashing fucking checks still from that game. I bet. Uh, yeah, I hope. I, hope, I, don't, <laughs> know. 
<laughs> I don't, I don't, I don't sit around, you know, counting my, my coins. Yeah. But. Uh, uh, they call this a movie podcast. Which Rusty would you want on your side in a street fight? Anthony Michael Hall, Jason Lively, Johnny Galecki, or Ethan Embry? Oh gosh! Didn't Anthony Michael Hall get jacked for a little while uh, around the time he was doing Saturday Night Live? Uh, I always thought he was thin and spindly. Yeah, I thought I thought he started. I thought he kind of. I thought he got jacked for a little while. So I'm going to go with Anthony Michael Hall. See, I'm going to go with Ethan Suplee because he played a white supremacist, and those guys know hate and know how to fight. So I'm going to take him on my side. <laughs> okay. <laughs> Not that I support that. Just saying for fighting purposes. <laughs> right. Terry, have a pick. Ah, uh, yeah, it's tough. I mean, you go, I, I would go the same route as you, Kev, because uh, he, that, and that dude's a monster now. Have you ever seen him? He like, he lost, lost a lot of weight. weight yeah, and yeah. he's like, he's all yeah. jacked. So maybe Johnny Galecki would be a nice choice to bite your ankles like a dachshund. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I don't think, I don't think anyone's going to pick Galecki to, to have their back in a street fight. At Zen's producer at Bex, this is blasphemous. Another statement, but nonetheless. Yeah. I have friends that are going to come at me that, that love this movie and they're going to come at me for this. So that's all right. If you guys are ever dropped from a tour because of this, just please let us know. I'd be yeah. interested. To <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. We're going to open for the Rolling Stones, but it turns out they're big uh, National Lampoon's fans. Yeah. Yeah. There are no gotcha questions. They're just going to hate you because you don't like Cousin Eddie and his family. Uh, at U2 yeah. USC. All right, I have to read this one. He should come out swinging at this crossword, crossroads, get over any feelings, exit this relationship, and leave it behind. Just smash it up. When she's not the one, it's living in chaos, even if he's pretty fly for a white guy. Give him support and tell him you're going to go far, kid. All right, that was better than the first one. <laughs> and they, they, got, they went deep. They went to crossroads <laughs> on the very first record. Yep. So, so, all right, I'll give them a little, little more props than the last guy. So there's no better way to go out of Ask a Gutter than it's now time, Terry Loda, to let our buddy Noodles from The Offspring tear into this holy film, for Christ's sakes. Terry Loda, let's have Noodles gut the uh, sacred, sacred cow. cow. Oh, wait, was I supposed to join in? You could if you want to. If you want to do it again, we can, but, you know, it's it's cool. That's all right. <laughs> Your turn, sir. Go ahead. Let her rip. All right. Well, let's let's like start from the beginning. The uh, the, the uh, arguably the worst Christmas song ever and uh, featuring the great Mavis Staples. Right. And it's a song called Christmas Vacation. And it's just awful. You never that's one of the Christmas songs you never heard played on the radio ever because it's it's that bad and and with this like cartoon santa there's just really bad uh cartoon it's like nobody would it, yeah it's just bad it's just not well done 100 percent. that animation so, drags way too yeah. long it goes on way too long the song's awful and should brought Lindsay what... Buckingham back for the oh uh, motherfucker! It's right in here. <laughs> it's right here. Dude, I would I would go with Kenny Loggins too. You know, <laughs> kind of Caddyshack stuff, you know. Oh, you're talking right out of our alley. Yeah. Anyways, um, then the, the first scene, that, you know, from the movie, really they're driving to go get a Christmas tree in some place that it looks like Montana. There's no mountains outside of Chicago, right, where they supposedly <laughs> live. So all of a sudden they're in Montana in the mountains. And the first thing Clark does is somebody, well, somebody gets up on his ass and he gets all pissed off because he's going slow. 
And then when the car goes around him, he speeds up and won't let the guy pass. Dick move. That's the first thing he does. That's like, I think that should be, I mean, punishable life in prison for people that do that, that speed up when you, when you're trying to get somewhere and go around them and they just get in front of you and slow you down life in prison for those motherfuckers. Really? Especially in a Ford yeah. Taurus station wagon. They're not to be taken seriously. Ram them off the road. Spy hunter style. That's what I say. There you go. <laughs> uh, so, I mean, you know, you're, how about, I mean, immediately they're, they're establishing Clark is a prick. He's just a <laughs> dick that nobody's going to like. Puts his family <laughs> in danger, right? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You know, the, the, I think the premise is he's just kind of this lovable schlub who keeps, you know, putting himself unknowingly in situations that result in disaster. But no, he's a dick. He's a dick knowingly fucking with these kind of redneck looking guys in this pickup truck. What do you think's going to happen? Um, you know, the, the whole scene and then the, the whole scene just kind of seems, you know, once it gets moves beyond what a dick he is. Right. It's really unbelievable that all of a sudden he ends up underneath the logs on a logging truck between the front and back wheels, like, like accidentally, you know, like you would have just been destroyed. That's not going to, it's not going to work. You have to be a stunt driver to do that. Right. Um, you know, and then they crash the car and they just, okay, let's continue on with what we were doing. Let's go find this Christmas tree in the, in the middle of the woods. There's trees everywhere, but they're walking around in this open field until all of a sudden the light from heaven shines on the one perfect tree. Right. Right. But of course Clark doesn't bring a saw. So then they cut to the next scene and it's, they dug it out somehow with their teeth in their hands. Right. They dug the tree. <laughs> Motherfucker. It got frozen snow. Oh, also it's a 40 foot long tree, right? It's a four story oh. tree that they're going to put in their living room. Um, but yeah, they just t- tore it out by the roots. Uh, makes no sense should i keep going where do you want me to go no 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 no, no. you do you <laughs> as long as you want to keep going as yeah. long as whenever you're done keep going yeah um yeah uh then uh so then you meet the neighbors which is julia louis dreyfus and nicholas guest who is christopher guest nigel tufnell's brother and they're like the yuppie couple next door who stylishly they look just kind of like douchebags right right you know just yuppie douchebags but i think they're more likable than clark and they're not really fucking with clark the way clark is fucking with them um you you know chopping up the trees threatening to to sodomize julia louis dreyfus with the tree Uh, (laughs) you know he's a clark's a dick he's just not a likable guy at all um he sticks his Rottweiler on her. Uh, yeah. Does he say, uh, how about the no, squirrel? The squirrel, yeah. but the, the dog chases it's, the squirrel out the front door. That's right. Yeah, when she comes to the door, yeah. Did you so, notice, just to interrupt for one second, did you ever notice, and we did this because on this podcast, we've done one, two, three, four, at least four John Hughes films. All of his, a lot of his characters, like Ferris Bueller is, is prime example are dickheads because Ferris Bueller prime example why because he's such an asshole to Cameron he treats him like shit the entire time you make a great point too with with Clark doing the same thing to his neighbors they're just trying to live their life and they're he's imposing his life on them it's like asshole stay in your own house turn the lights off that's a great point you made yeah I mean you know that Clark comes home with this 40-foot tree 
and he comes out with a hockey mask like Jason, <laughs> yeah, you know, and and a chainsaw, and the neighbor goes, Clark, what are, where are you going to put that tree? Like it's way too big, and and he says, bend over, or I'll show you. And the guy says, you can't talk to me like that. He goes, I wasn't talking to you, suggesting he meant it for Julia Louis Dreyfus's character, the, right. the wife and the couple. It's just not cool. You know, and then he starts sawing away. They put the thing in the, in the uh, put the tree in, in the house. It's, you know, it takes out windows. It's, it's, he's getting sap all over himself. Then the next scene, they show him in bed trying to read a magazine and the pages are just sticking to his hand because of the sap or whatever, which, or maybe he was jerking off in the bathroom. We don't know that. We didn't see that scene. <laughs> yeah. Right. I mean, but he doesn't have soap and water. He can't get the sap off his hands. Yeah. Uh, you know, I just, yeah, just done. And actually, sorry, I'm, I don't, I think Chevy chase should have, well, whoever is going to play that part, you want him to be likable at least, right? Don't you want the characters in your movie to be likable? The main guy, you know. I think he plays. I think I think he plays more of that doofy, you know, upper middle class white guy. Like, yeah, I'm just a, you know, uh, I'm here for my family, and I'm just you know, a goofball, and you know, and, that, and that's what he's trying to play. Yeah, I don't. I don't think it's. In, I don't think it's intentional, though. I don't. But but I think well maybe the the. Prickishness is just kind of who Chevy Chase is, and it then it comes through. That's true. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Um, but like, you know, like you you read the line earlier where he's uh, you know, he's you know, he's he's hoping about the Christmas bonus from his boss, and he, his boss asks him to do a report for some convention or something. Actually, that was kind of funny. You know, what Clark does is he's he's a food additive specialist and he's designed some <laughs> food food additive that that is like non-toxic, but it, it creates a shine that protects the cornflakes from milk absorbing in. So it keeps them crunchy. I thought that was pretty funny. That's, you know, that was, you know, something that was thought out. After, but after, then, after you learn that, that's a good point. Noodles. Imagine though, the shits you're going to have after eating that syrup. It's just so cereal. It's just going to shoot right out of your asshole. Like that sled shot right down the snow. Yeah. And, and you know, and the, yeah, the, the thing shoots him like 10 miles away. Right. Right. My family at the very end of it is like up there, like going, ooh, like at the very end, like they saw where he landed. Like you're not seeing that. <laughs> you know, there's no way you're seeing where he is. He went through a forest and across a highway. Right. You know, end up in some shopping lot parking. You know, some parking lot at the mall or something. Like no way is the family seeing that. It was just dumb. It's just really dumb. Bad writing. Sorry, John Hughes. He's dead. He can't hear you. <laughs> he was saving it all for home. <laughs> Uh, you know. Home Alone 2 is fucking terrible. I love when people try and defend that film. It's <laughs> it's trash. One's There's good, two's two's terrible, two's so bad. Are there are there more after yes. two? I think there was a third there was a third one that came out when we were like in like 93, 94. Like we were in high school. I remember them and then the third one came out. And it wasn't Macaulay Culkin, it was some other kid, and it wasn't John Hughes who did it, but yeah, Tomo and Two is so bad because it gets all watered down shit. And the mm -hmm. fact and here's my biggest problem. In the end where the neighbor in the first one, the neighbor know the neighbor can hear him. There's shit going on in the house. The neighbor comes and saves him. In the second one, he's in an abandoned fucking house in the upper east, upper west side. They're remodeling it. It's closed. It's got I think you know, it's being it's being constructed or remodeled. Excuse me. The goddamn homeless woman he ran into in Central fucking Park, who's <laughs> two or three blocks away at least. Somehow the bat signal goes up that he's in trouble and miraculously knows where the fuck he lives and saves him. Horseshit. 
<laughs> Didn't it turn out that she wasn't real? She was like an angel or something? No, I mean, I mean, they were trying to do like the metaphor, like he's she maybe in the savior. I haven't seen it in so long, but I remember going, that doesn't happen as we yell in this podcast quite often. Yeah. All right. But anyway, back to you, back to you on your soapbox, not me on right. mine. Okay. So after the whole tree thing, you know, people start showing up. Uh, like I said, E.G. Marshall, uh, I'm like, what is he doing in this film? You know, because, you know, I, I've seen him in movies where he was great. He was a great actor, like Tora, 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 right? You know, mm-hmm. 12 Angry Men, you know, he's a, like a real actor. He has no business being in this movie. Uh, same with Diane Ladd. She's a real actor. Uh, and she plays Clark's mom and she's one of the, you know, shining moments of the of this whole movie i guess but it's just it's such a small part it doesn't really matter you know um i guess their 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 role is to show why clark loves christmas so much and he wants everything to be perfect around christmas you know um i, I it doesn't it doesn't work because he's such a prick right <laughs> you know and, and, and the motive is pure greed right he, need, he wants money for his pool his job sounds uh, probably pretty high paying right you're developing these food additives for montantano or whatever the hell it is you know yeah, like, right. uh, yeah. piss all your money away throughout the year you can't put a pool in without your bonus check. like is yeah. that early is that early monsanto is that is that early monsanto yeah. is that what you're trying to say yes well i think yeah. it's Could kellogg's monsanto yeah. subsidiary or you know yeah <laughs> they don't they don't obviously say the I don't think they say the the company, but no, you know, Mr. Shirley is his, his boss. He's the new, the kind of the new executive that's just kind of taken over. It sounds like because when they kidnap them later, he explains why he canceled all the all the bonus checks and nobody's getting bonus. That's the that's the thing that the one like I guess tying thread is Clark is dependent. He's already spent money. He's uh, like eight grand on this stupid pool that he wants. But he's counting on that bonus check, which there's no, you know, of course he's not going to get it. What is the, the, I was looking this up on IMDb and they say the Griswold's family's plans for a big family Christmas predictably turn into a big disaster. Every scene, you know what's going to happen when he gets out the ladder to put up the lights. You go, oh, okay, the ladder's going to collapse on him. You know, you just, it, it, there's no, there's no surprise on this. It's you, you see it all happening. Everything is predictable. It's just really overwrought and overdone. I mean, Lucille Ball was doing this shit in the fifties on TV. You know why in the eighties are, are they still making movies like this shit? Well, th- if you didn't think that this would be predictable with him doing pratfalls, you're the asshole because this is the third film. <laughs> If you're paying to see him three times, if you're paying to see us three times, that is on you. (laughs) I loved it. I loved it when he was, and I did love it as a kid. I loved when he was Gerald Ford and he was on the ladder and he's falling down, you know, and. Uh, you, want yeah. him to, you want him to go back to eating pissy, do- uh, pissy sandwiches from the dog. <laughs> the <blood>. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Air kissing Chrissy Brinkley, Chrissy Brinkley. <laughs> well, yeah, I, I didn't. Yeah. The, the first, movie i thought was funny entertaining but i didn't think it was a great movie it's kind of kind of forgettable except for john candy was great moose out front should have told you uh, <laughs> that was the best part of that movie um yeah so anyways the, the thing about the lights you know and of course you know he staples his arm the ladder's falling it's just it's just disaster after disaster and he's just 
he keeps going at it. And you know, you know, this is just going to, you see it ending bad. I don't think there's anything funny in that. You know, I don't, uh, you know, I guess it's just all, uh, what is it? Um, schadenfreude, you know, the, the misery of somebody else is, is kind of funny. And maybe that's why they kind of make him out to be a dick so that you, it's okay to laugh at him when he does hurt himself and, I think that's the premise for why ridiculous is on MTV 24 hours a day, right? <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I don't watching people uh, injure themselves. I like the better ones called Jackass or Tosh Point O, and uh, yeah. it's obvious Rob Deerdeck has has tons of child porn, like he's stashed in Viacom's offices and videoed them looking at it. Hence, why that shows on 20 out of 24 hours a day, like Terry said. I think the Jackass movies and shows those were great, hilarious. Oh yeah. Still great. They kind of knew what they were, what they were doing, what they were getting into. It wasn't, you know, and it was real, you know, <laughs> what yeah. else, real situations, you know, the, the, you know, half of the, the gags in, in this movie just would never have happened out the way they, they show it happening on. It just never would have happened that way. Right. It's hard, hard to suspend disbelief, you know? Gotcha. Any more points or, or is that all? You have as much time as you want to keep going if you oh, want could, to, if you're done. On the, okay. So Brian Doyle Murray plays Mr. Shirley, the new executive, the, the head boss at the whatever food additive company. Right. And, uh, and uh, cousin Eddie, like, uh, well, uh, Clark finds out he's not getting his bonus. Nobody's getting bonuses this year. And so he's, he throws a fit and says something like he wishes that guy would be killed or, you know, he has a, you know, dies a horrible death. And so cousin Eddie goes and kidnaps him. How does cousin, cousin Eddie find out where he lives, by the way? Like, you know, and he and does, he, well, he, he does say the street name. Oh, you know, street. I'd really love for him is, is that big house on blah, blah, blah lane. That's oh, he, really okay. he, he, it's, it's a complete off the cuff comment. I mean, if there, if it is the biggest house on the block, then I, I hear you. I did catch that. I go, hey, man, all right, all right. Because I thought the same thing, too. I thought the same thing, too. Yeah. Um, but that's not the, the most unbelievable thing. The, the, the most unbelievable thing is they get him, they kidnap him, steal him from his, you know, the warmth of his house on Christmas Eve, drag him in that shitty RV back to this, you know, the shitty Griswold's house where, you know, the windows are busted out. One of the trees already burned down. You know, there's a dog going through the trash. And, and the guy, like, all of a sudden has a, an epiphany. Oh, I should have given him bonus checks. Like, no, that's not, you're going to be pissed. You're going to be pissed off. Like, I ain't giving you no bonus check. You kidnapped me, you know. I'm sorry. It, it, it just wouldn't work that way. You're going to piss the guy off, not not make him like, oh, I'm I'm really sorry. I, I, did, I mistreated you, you know. They should do that to Trump and see if he would ever, you know, drop the charges and give his employees a 20% bonus. In real yeah, life. Right? Yeah. Yeah. See, he, he would probably do it. You know, he's a nice guy. <laughs> he was in Home Alone, too. You never know. Yeah. 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 By the way, do uh, you know, do you, do you know the, the the Canadian, whatever, the CBN or CB, no, CBC, whenever they play Home Alone, they hate Trump so much, they cut him out of the of the TV version of that. That's insane. That. That's insane. Yeah. Sorry. Oh go ahead. God. Um, yeah. So. You know, the uh, the other main thing is when Cousin Eddie, like, so there's the, the pool, the bonus check pool thing, you know, that doesn't doesn't pay out. Well, until it does pay off at the end. Thank God Cousin Eddie saved the day by kidnapping the boss. Uh, but the other thing is the, you know, when he's, the shitter's full and he's dumping the, the, the uh, sewage into the sewer, 
And Clark says something about, oh, I, you know, I hope those gases don't build up. I pity someone who lights a match near the, near the sewer. So you kind of see that going. And at one point when they, uh, Uncle Lewis, who's played by the guy from Preetzi's Honor. Um, yep. <laughs> yeah. Kind of a, yeah, unique, very unique looking actor, you know, really interesting kind of character. And again, kind of wasted on that little bit part of Uncle Lewis. But he lights a, lights a, a match. And you see this kind of flame shoot out of the room and you're thinking, was that the sewer? But no, it was just the Christmas tree that they went and chopped down going up in flames. And uh, then, yeah, then he goes and chops down another tree from the front yard. Why didn't you just take the tree in the front yard in the first place instead of driving to Montana to chop one down <laughs> in the middle of a frozen field? Uh, but I, I was wondering, is that supposed to be like the sewage gas? Is that connected? You're not, they're not really they're not clear on that you know i guess it's just the tree going up but eventually uh, somebody does light a a match near the sewer and it sends clark's uh christmas decorations the santa claus and the reindeer in perfect order just streaking through the sky with a tail like a comet you know from i don't know sewage gas or something you know why it's (laughs) why it's streaking through the, the air like that or maybe it's the christmas lights that are strung to it or something but in perfect order, you know, the ones that he just kind of dismantled and, and tore apart, too, by the way, all of a sudden they're reconnected in perfect order. Like like you would see Santa and his reindeer streaking through the sky. Um, see, that was so, the most believable part for me, because I've dropped some number twos <laughs> that could easily ignite and disrupt a, a Christmas manger. All right. Now, I imagine <laughs> the Nettys would be pretty potent. I'm sure your I'm sure your tour bus could also have done the same thing too, Noodles. <laughs> yeah, you're not. You know what? You're, no number twos on the tour bus. You're really? Not to do, yeah, that's a hard and fast rule because it it will it will destroy the ride for everybody. What uh, happened? What if, what if there's like there's you 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 got the cold sweats? You're doing the little Maz breathing, and there and then there, you're like in the middle there, of like bumfuck Nebraska, and you're like, what do you what do you do? A hot bag it. two two bags double bag it you know put it put it over the thing and yeah and you fling it and you fling it out the window like your dave matthews band tour bus (laughs) pretty much yeah (laughs) i'm bagging that this is why they shouldn't do the the band on the plastic bags this is why we need them this is important shit that we have to do with these plastic bags it's not going in the pacific ocean (laughs) (laughs) we're gonna shit in a burlap sack like an animal now (laughs) yeah right (laughs) <laughs> oh that's fucking funny uh what else or is there anything else or no you tell me i think we've gone through the whole thing okay. i mean you know we could go i'm trying to think what, what other points did you know alienated enough people at this point from your life <laughs> yeah um yeah the yeah every yeah every gag is just kind of the, the whole thing when he's stuck in the uh stuck in the roof too or like in the attic First of all, Del- Dolores Roberts' character—I guess it's uh, you know the Ellen's mother. Uh, right. She says, "Oh, why is it cold in here? Oh, this this door and ladder are open. I better close it." Not checking to see is like, "Hey, is anyone up there?" You know, it's you're letting in cold air. Just closes it, and and it it locks once <laughs> you just—it's just a pull down. But once it goes up, and somehow there's a latch that locks magically. Like I didn't there, doesn't make any sense at all. Um. Good point. That does that. You're absolutely right. That's, that's, and it doesn't. It, what does that scene really have to do anything? I guess they, they, he does kind of. He's going through. He's freezing. It's freezing in the attic, and uh, he's going through stuff. And he un, 
he discovers a box of old films and I guess he was kind of watching the, the old films sitting on the trap door, by the way, which you would do, of course, if you're going to watch <laughs> it, you're going to sit on the trap door. So that, make sure you'll go down if somebody opens it, which happens, of course, in the end, after he already went through. And I don't know why, once he, he steps, it goes through and, and it looks like it's into his son's room because it looks like he lands on the, the bunk beds. He doesn't just climb through the hole he just made. He already made right. a hole. Might as well climb through that. No, then he gets back up and starts watching these films. It doesn't make any sense. I, I, I found a little odd where he was hiding the presents. Yeah. It's like this, this yeah. little hole in the thing. Like that's where you hide your like your playboys when you're like 11, right? It's yeah, like- or, yeah or, or cocaine when you're a trafficker, you know? Exactly. So, yeah, the, 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 the gun you killed your your ex-wife with you know, i can't wait i can't wait to get invited to casa del noodles and i'm going right to his fucking attic and looking for all those little spaces <laughs> yeah <laughs> I don't have an attic, unfortunately noodles give me a score what you think this film is one to ten. Oh man i'm gonna i'm gonna give it a 2.3 it's Ooh, it's that that's hatred that's yeah. hatred. you know i've i've tried to watch this before i think yesterday was the first time i've watched this movie all the way through I've, I've, I've seen scenes. I've, I've lost interest. I've, you know, I've, I've never watched the whole thing all the way through. Um, until sorry, you to put, sorry to put you through that. <laughs> <laughs> he chose, a, he chose a goddamn film, Terry. <laughs> well, you were talking about films you hate. And I go, this is one that I, I could honestly, I just, I despise the film. Yeah. Uh, you know, it should be better than it is. I think the writing is is really bad. Um, I don't think the jokes are funny at all. You see them coming from a mile away. Um, all the gags you see that you see that what's going to happen. But, you know, as as it starts. Um, yeah. All right. Too predictable. So Got- would you would you rather rewatch this again or a Christmas movie on the Hallmark Channel? Uh, which Christmas movie? <laughs> yeah, that's, uh, uh, there we go. Now we're into your past. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, these notes, of course, brought to you by guttingthesacredcow.com, where you can pick up some sweet-ass merch, tank tops, cell phone holders, T-shirts, hats, mugs, you name it. Have you written a five-star rating, two- or three-sentence review on our podcast platform of choice? No! What the fuck is taking you so long to do so? Please do that. It helps us in the algorithm. <laughs> And subscribe to us on YouTube. That also helps too. And guttingthesacredcow.com if you wish to advertise with us or just to say hi. Our bodies come in different shapes and sizes. So doesn't it make sense that our weight loss plans should too? That's the beauty of Noom. They build a personal plan that factors in dietary restrictions, medical issues, and other personal needs so your plan works for you. Noom doesn't restrict or shame when you want to treat yourself. Their flexible program focuses on progress instead of perfection. You don't have to give up carbs or anything. And with their daily lessons, you can learn something new about your food choices every day. After just a few days of using the app, I learned how to recognize cues for overeating and how to choose the right foods to feel full. Stay focused on what's important to you with Noom's psychology and biology-based approach. Sign up for your trial today at Noom.com. That's N-O-O-M.com. And check out Noom's first ever cookbook, The Noom Kitchen, for 100 healthy and delicious recipes to promote better living. Available to buy now wherever books are sold. 
The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. Notes. Looks like Johnny Galecki is the same height now as when he filmed this film. You know what? He mm. was a good actor as a kid. And you know what? I kept thinking he was the older brother. At first, when he, when he, I didn't recognize him. He looks so different. I thought it was the older brother from Wonder Years. Fred uh, Savage? It, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, no, no. No, no the, the older, older brother. Oh, oh, Jason Hervey. Hervey. Wayne. Wow. All right. Yeah. I pulled that so out. I pulled that out him, on my first. ass. And then I realized he would have been older at them. And then I and then I realized who it was. You saw a couple of you know, a couple of his facial expressions expressions. Right. Uh, for me to say. And then I re- recognized like, oh shit, that's uh um the guy from Big Bang Theory in <laughs> Roseanne. Um, I can't remember his, his character's name in that. But. Remember how teenagers in the 80s, mainly John Hughes films, wore berets? What a terrible idea that was. I would love to smash a baguette over a dude's head that wore a beret. Ever. Molly Ring, remember her wearing a of beret? Of course, yeah. John Hughes, that's why I said John Hughes yeah. films. They all wore that. The, the sister in Uncle Buck when she's out at the party, doesn't she? Have oh, a beret and, and Bug. What's his last name? Sprague. <laughs> you ever hear of ritual killing? Me. God, it's a Ferris great film. Girlfriend wear one in something. Uh, did she have a hat? No. Oh, no, no. Cameron had Cameron. Like, the new that the newsboy hat, but it wasn't a parade. Okay. All right. Uh, Chevy Chase is the perfect middle-aged dorky dad. I think he re- he really plays that dorkiness well. I do agree about your points. I'll get to those in a minute about his assholiness i feel the same way about christmas trees as i do my food go somewhere after and buy it after someone hunted and and then pay a 40 percent markup i will never ever go and hunt for food or a christmas tree ever same i never understood those people who found juliet lewis hot i'd rather date richard lewis <laughs> not a yeah. Uh, uh, she she she's a twig who has a constant who farted face. Not for me. You know what? I I gotta defend Julia Lewis. I just I like her because she's got a certain style. You know, um, it's called it's called Mountain Dew style. Yeah, I don't know. She's 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 rock and roll, and and I yeah. I, I, I hate that. I really I I, I could I yeah I, I could see how you two would mesh. Not not my cut. I agree. The lingerie lady is more my speed. Yeah yeah. You know she dated. Uh, she, well, she dated Sean Penn for a while. She also dated Billy Duffy from the cult. Wow. Yeah. That's a she never that didn't springboard her into anything. She didn't like she was in any other movies, was she? There wasn't I, a whole lot. I couldn't get a whole lot of yeah. information. I was wondering, you know, her name's Scorsese. And I was wondering if there was any relation, but they didn't okay. they didn't have any, you know, they, they would have said if she was related to Martin Scorsese. She, she couldn't have Stephanie Seymour her way into a Guns N' Roses video as well. That's silly. <laughs> yeah. Right. I'm surprised. If Clark didn't bring a saw or other tools, explain to me how he can yank a tree off the ground and hoist it on his car roof with the help of a midget son and two twig women. That doesn't happen. You may have made that point. Exactly. I'm with you 100%. Julia yeah. Louis-Dreyfus wearing sunglasses at night like she's doing coke off of Paul Hogan's cock at the China Club in 1989. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
Beverly D'Angelo, the only woman to rock a sexy, slight overbite. Sorry, Emma Stone. There's a reason you didn't get an invite to this party. You know what? There, there, there is something to be said about a, a slight malocclusion, for sure. Look There's at something you with the big vocabulary <laughs> words. Yeah. I guess hanging out with Dexter with his uh, PhDs and everything has rubbed off on you. <laughs> yeah, I used to read a lot when I was a janitor. That's right. <laughs> words I vaguely understand. Have you seen Beverly D'Angelo now, especially in Entourage? Her voice dropped eight octaves, and it sounds like she's auditioning to be in the next season of Deadliest Catch. Yeah, I've, I've never seen that show. Really? Oh, it's good. Yeah. I can't figure out what Brian Doyle Murray role is my favorite. Is it this or is it Noah's Arcade from Wayne's World? Just kidding. It's Lou the Caddy Master from Caddyshack. <laughs> What's that yeah. sign say? No, no bare, bare feet. feet. What's that sign say? No fighting. You owe me one gumball machine. Noodles, what are some of the favorite movies that you guys played on the tour bus, uh, Offspring tour bus, besides midget and gangbang porn? Uh, usually the midget and gangbang porn is only watched in our bunks, but uh, <laughs> yeah, alone. Um, one, the, the number one, hands down, is Tropic Thunder. Um, okay. We've watched that with the commentary on. We've watched the, the director's cut with the commentary. Um love that film we've literally watched that like 75 80 times on the tour bus over the over the years um, cool. yeah that any any kind of a gangster movie like goodfellas is a great one to watch uh you know any of the any of the, the first two godfather movies although the third one is pretty good um and then um Kiwi's big Die adventure Art great another great christmas movie die hard or oh, my old my old co-host would viciously disagree with you that die hard is not a christmas <laughs> film and the fact that he's a full jew telling everyone what christmas movies are and are not i found that hilarious that he was very much anti die hard as a christmas film nonetheless <laughs> great nonetheless great film yeah next one uh the scene with the hot chick in the lingerie shop is classic i that that whole Chevy Chase has done that in a million different ways. That's the best way he's done that kind of flubbing up words while being flustered. I say, I, I, his his arrogance. Even though he's his arrogance still comes through and kills it for me. I, he's so smug about it that the puns just fall flat for me. I don't okay. I don't funny. You know, if he were like really kind of like a good natured schlub who was you know literally making mistakes, but his arrogance just permeates the whole scene and, and, it, and it ruins it the christmas light scene inspired thousands of maybe even millions guys across the world to make their house shine brighter than the luxor in vegas and then everyone has to drive by and clog up the streets to appreciate that house except for the neighbors who just want to go to bed without the sun in their bedroom until 11 p.m at night every day for a month that's selfish all right. What happens when Chevy Chase is in the attic and, and then stumbles upon his wife's collection of dick Polaroids from college or the eight millimeter film where she's getting rotisserie by her all of her college fraternities? Wait till he stumbles upon that gem. There's definitely a void. That would, of, that would have been that would have been funnier. Than, 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 than what we did. So, yeah. You're getting spit roasted. Yeah, there had to be a snuff film in that eight millimeter reel that. He oh, had yeah. <laughs> There's a definite void of jokes, though, after the department store scene until Cousin Eddie arrives. It does go flat for a little while. It does not. It's, it's just like a lot of eh, eh, smirkable yeah. humor, you know, very 
safe, cutesy poo jokes that, okay. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Why the fuck is Julia Louis-Dreyfus and her husband wearing spacesuits like they're trying to sweat out water weight while making their weight class in wrestling? <laughs> yeah. I, I Actually, I thought that was a pretty funny bit. Uh, you know, of the course, they're setting it up. All I want to do is, you know, uh, be naked, s- sipping wine in the dark, kissing right. every inch of your body. And she's like, after a shower, like... And he sweated 18 pounds off. Hey, listen, guys, I don't know about you, but nothing gets my dick harder than a shark's tooth than seeing my dress, my wife dressed like the MTV Moon Man. Yeah, right. <laughs> hey, kids, that's Danny Glover's house and lethal weapon that Clark Griswold's house is. Did you know that? Fun fact number is six. It really? Yes, it is. The only thing what? Chevy, the only thing Chevy Chase didn't put lights on is that toilet that blew up from the bathroom in Lethal Weapon 2. <laughs> Love that film. Johnny Galecki wearing that Blackhawks jersey could easily fit in my seven-year-old daughter. And it must, it must have been tough for a teenager buying his clothes at the children's place at age 13. But hey, what do I know? I'm six foot two and I'm doing a silly movie podcast and he's worth a hundred million. So I should shut the fuck up. And had a two-year stint with Kelly Cuoco. Oh yeah. <laughs> Did he stand on two phone books or three? Didn't make out with her. <laughs> Cousin Eddie is a true gift from the cinema gods, but he is the last person you want to see in your hotel pool or sitting on your flight. The repartee between Cousin Eddie and Clark is fantastic. I always, I love when they, when they're back and forth. And that, that's, that's always fun. Uh, Clark could have jumped off the sled when he's going, when he's shooting at a million miles an hour into the billowy, billowy white snow, and I would love to have jumped into Beverly D'Angelo's billowy white titties. <laughs> what, what, was with, what was with that shirt, right? It looked like it was going to be the best cleavage ever, but there's no cleavage shot with no, that shirt. No. But it, it's down to the middle of her nipples. No. You tease. Every time... <laughs> every time... You can, she showed him in the first one. I, I forgot about the second right. one, too. Uh, every time you hear Mela Kaliki Maka, I think about beating off and looking out of a window. And I'll repeat the great David Tell's joke. There's always a difference between looking out, masturbating and looking out of a window and masturbating while looking in a window. <laughs> you knew I was going to bring that one up, Terry. Oh, yeah. Good joke, yeah. Great, he's, he's the best. Whenever you hear a kid say the word Santa Claus, just assume that they were homeschooled in a dog shit state that's probably in the SEC. <laughs> I blame this movie for inspiring dumb dildo sport fans for getting the idea of putting their name or a celebrity's name on the back of a jersey. Stop that shit. Hate that. First and the last time I've seen a Meisterbrow beer in a movie. By the way, a Phi Capital fraternity beer favorite <laughs> circa 1999. A case of that beer, $8 at the time. We, we used to drink Meisterbrow at our old bass player's house, at his mother's house. Uh, every weekend, it was dirt cheap. You know, yep. it was like mm-hmm. two, three bucks, a six or 12 pack. Right. And we drank a ton of Meisterbrow, you know, coming up. That's, yeah. What is, your, what, what is your favorite shitty beer, Noodles and Terry? Uh, right now, shitty beer? <laughs> or, or in general, could be from past, could yeah. be present. I just like to drink shitty beer, but I don't like IPAs. You know, I don't like them hoppy. I just like Mexican yeah. lagers usually. Okay. Terry? Uh, you know me. I, I love a nice half of ice, and if I'm going to get fancy, but uh, 
same thing. Like I, I, if I'm going to drink all day, I can't do the IPAs. I, they taste like, it tastes like yeah. when you throw up beer, it's like, <laughs> oh, let me put, let me put that in instead of coming back out. Like it, yeah, yeah. that doesn't do it for me. It tastes like oatmeal. I don't like it. Now I'm a, yeah. I'm a, I'm a Sam Adams guy. Shitty beer. Boy, I couldn't even tell. How about a country club right. old 40? I like a Miller oh. High Life once in a while. Oh, the champagne of beers. Oh, do tell. That's right. Really- Mary- Mickey's Big Mouth. Oh, that. Oh, Mickey's yeah. Big Mouth. Oh, I don't. I never had one. I never had one of those. Are they worth it? Or you're not missing out. Yeah. I, I, I suspect as much. Yeah. They really did nail the family dynamics with this film at holiday time. It's not understated, and more importantly, it's not done over the top. The in-laws who don't like each other, who barely, and they barely tolerate each other, the senile grandparent, and the one grandparent who just doesn't give a fuck and says whatever. I think they nailed that perfectly with that whole the, the dynamic. I like that. Can I can I jump in there with one weird ass thing that I noticed? Sure. When when they're on the front lawn and and cousin Eddie appears with the family. Yeah. It, why does the grandfather instantly want to kiss the little boy, like the little mute boy? <laughs> like is that is that like such a predator prey? Like he's the perfect pedophile bait right is it he's a mute boy and then uh you know he's warned about the fungus in his mouth so right and uh, he's a little too aggressive in my opinion for the kiss yeah. a, little, a little too handsy and by the way how the <laughs> fuck do they not see that big ass monstrosity parked out in front of their house and he just sidles up next to him right. like yeah hey, clark great 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 lights like wait how do you not go outside and see that just sitting there yeah makes walter uh, whites look like an airstream <laughs> <laughs> I love to see someone negotiate a 20% increase after kidnapping their CEO. You think if I kidnapped Vince McMahon, he dropped the charges and let me let me bang his daughter, Stephanie? Exactly, yeah, right. If Terry tried that, he would just ask for honey barbecue wings and have the Mean Street Posse run a train on him. <laughs> so let me get this straight. The boss's wife runs to get the husband with the cops. She keeps on her negligee, but throws on a gigantic fur coat. Is she sending one hell of a mixed message to this family? Like, is this a stripper gram for Christmas? I mean, what the, would it been funnier if she would offer like a hand job to Clark while he's standing in front of his family? Just like, you know what? You're going to be cheap to your employees. I'll show you, you cheap bastard. I've I, seen this. The SWAT, the SWAT team scene over the top. But but couldn't be perfect song for that. That, that song and the pace is just perfect for it. Oh, here yeah. comes Santa Claus. Oh, yeah. Uh, yeah. Seen this movie a million times. It's quotable as all hell. Throw it on at Christmas time. Donna Goatee, my mother, does that nonstop ad nauseum. Throw it on in the middle of August. Nope, not really for me. It doesn't pass the remote test for me. So, Noodles, the remote test is if you ever stumble upon it at any point on cable, do you drop the remote and finish it out no matter where you are? For me, this does not. Where it does, if I catch Cousin Eddie on, then I go, all right, let me, let me, let me catch his hijinks. This is the best Christmas film, hands down. It is much better than that dog shit Christmas story and bore fest. It's a wonderful life. I'm not co-signing on that stuff. This one. Wonderful life has like, you know, you want to do good. You want to be good, but you're going to end up trying to commit suicide at least once before the season is over. (laughs) Dark. That's way more realistic than 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 this movie is we did that very film on this podcast go back and listen to it if you have uh, of an hour uh, I'm i listened to i listened to you guys your take takedown of elf and i just i had to disagree I, elf is elf is great okay we got one listen in there fan too yeah <laughs> 
Go go for uh, my favorite ones are Philadelphia and uh, what the hell else? That's a good one that Dave Landau did. Face Off is another funny one. Uh, I'm glad this film rebounded nicely after that fetal alcohol alcohol syndrome baby known as European Vacation. That was fucking awful. That one. Ugh. Unfortunately, Vegas Vacation. And more berets too. Yeah, yeah, more plenty of berets. Oh, way yeah. too way too beret heavy for this American. Unfortunately. Vegas vacation was worse than shitting your pants an hour in on a cross-country flight. That was awful. If you've seen that, if you haven't, I think the European one. I've seen parts of it, but I've never seen the whole thing. Yeah, the only one I've watched all the way through is the the first one, Chris, or first vacation. Vacation. Yeah, I will say this, Noodles. You've done what not many people on this podcast have done. You've got me to drop my score just a tinge because you made a great few points, especially about Chevy Chase being an ultimate narcissist. And that just struck a chord with me, reminding me how John Hughes' lead characters are all insane, egomaniac narcissists. And you make some good points. I had this film at a seven. I now give it a six and a half out of ten. It's still funny. I, there are lulls. Don't you're exactly very much so. The puns are like, all right, okay, cutesy and predictable. We get it. But again, you know what you're signing up for. It's still funny. I like it. Am I dying on the hill for it? No. But I, I'll still fire it up and enjoy it here and there. Terry Loda, your honor, your honor. You know, it's it's one of those things. I, I never I never watched this movie with uh, any intention of anything. Right? You put it on. It, it's uh, it's in the background at this point, but. As a, as a, you know, a kid, a young teenager, I thought it was hilarious, you mm-hmm. know, back then, but a comedy was, was different, right? You approach it with this 2022 attitude. It's a little bit, uh, meh. We call it, we so, call it the, watching it with the jeweler's loop on. Yes. Yeah. 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 Um, still, that. still uh, uh, another thing it reminded me is that it is the one and only time I have ever heard the words null post referred to like part oh, of the good. banister like i never heard that i don't right. remember that like why did you just say i, picked up I, on I fixed that. the fucking banister uh, yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> like I what do you post. Like, yeah like i picked I, up on that one too like right? oh okay yeah fuck off norm abrams um <laughs> <laughs> uh, kind of losing his shit you know everything's falling apart and he's really starting to lose it and he, what does he do he goes after the newel post with the chainsaw <laughs> All right. Uh, I guess that I, mean, little bit of, I appreciate the randomness of that. You know, absolutely. That was that was up there with the randomness of food additives. Right. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I mean, I got I got to say, look, you know, this this man followed kids around and he 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 picked up trash after them. So I got to say, if Noodles says this film is garbage, I, I can't. <laughs> I, 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 I that's an expert opinion right there. So. Uh, I, I'll be on the same page. You definitely uh, made me look at this in a new way, and it's taken it down a peg or two for me as well. Well, I'm glad I could be of service. Thank you. <laughs> now I have shit to watch this yeah. Christmas. Now, speaking Thanks. of John Hughes films, I used to know uh, Carl, the custodian's monologue. Uh, Caddyshack. Him, you know. So do we. Do no, 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 no. From uh, Breakfast Club. From Breakfast Club. Oh, oh, oh. Yeah. Yeah, Carl the custodian, and I some worthless surf, some peasant, some peon. Let me tell you, I listen to your conversations. I go through your lockers. I read your notes. I'm I'm screwing it up. I am the eyes and ears of this institution. It was was a great monologue. 
I hate that film. And we did that on this very podcast as well, Breakfast Club. That never, that that was a bunch of that. I love how the kids decide to smoke weed and they're acting like they're all in PCP in detention. That not doesn't happen. <laughs> they're, yeah. Emilio Vesta does a jump kicking door windows out and shit. No, that's not how weed works, guys. <laughs> Terry, uh, what other, any other notes or that's it? Uh, I, I, I guess that's it. Yeah. Okay. I just, uh, a couple things I dropped there, the, the, the pedophile vibe really creeped me out with, uh, old art there, but yeah, it's a, it definitely, uh, definitely came down a peg or two for me. Give me a number one to 10. I'll go six. Ooh, right on top of me. So six and a half, six. That's and where a... I like to be. Yeah, yeah. buddy. Thanks. <laughs> Big spoon, little spoon. <laughs> six and a half, six and a two and a half. Let's now listen to those critics who think that Wes Anderson makes good films. He doesn't. Critics, five-star reviews. Sure, it's crude, episodic, and half the jokes don't work, but Christmas Vacation may be the only modern Christmas comedy, which really stands up to repeat viewings. Nope. <laughs> All right. So these these were reviews that were written at the time, right? Not they're not. No, 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 no. They are recent ones. These are the top of recent. the rotten. No, yeah. those are on yeah. like microfiche or something. You go to the <laughs> library and look at those reviews. <laughs> I will laugh out loud every time I watch this. My favorite from the Vacation franchise. Mm-hmm. Look at it. In National Lampoon's Christmas Vacation, Chevy Chase's family Christmas tree is a little full with a lot of sap. Ah, waka, waka, waka. <laughs> Much like this movie, but it's a big hearted fullness and a, it's a smoothly stirred sap. That's the, that's the newest, hottest band, punk band from uh, SoCal I've heard. That one whiffed. This film, my... Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> this film by John Hughes marks the third in the National Lampoon Vacation in Hell series, and it's just about as inane as expected. Happily, this film is a lot funnier than expected, too. You know, it makes me think of something. Don't you think Beverly D'Angelo gets sick of these trips and go, you know what? I think we're done. I think we're going to get a divorce. Like, this is nothing. You're not worth sticking around while for these misadventures that's many times. Stockholm Syndrome, right? Yeah, <laughs> I guess. <laughs> I guess he's slinging a 12-inch hog or that food additive job pays a shitload salary. I don't know. Critics, one-star reviews. It's silly in the extreme, and the only relief comes from Randy Quaid's performance as an obnoxious relative. That's fair. A roller coaster ride of hilarity, poignancy, vulgarity, and just plain dumbness. Mm Mm-hmm. Most of these episodic moments, particularly in the film's first half, are hilarious. But as, as the picture goes along, there are far too many dry spells. That's what I said. There never, ever should have been more than one of these movies. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> I bet he said that after he re- reviewed European Vacation, this one, and Vegas Vacation. <laughs> One of the great unanswered questions in Hollywood is how Chevy Chase still gets work. <laughs> well, to be fair, he did come out with memoirs of, of an invisible man after this and yikes. Uh, you know what? I liked him in community, but he kind of played himself, I think, in it. Um, but community was that TV show. That, I don't know if you're familiar with. I never it saw was it. Was it? Yeah. yeah. Yeah, it was good. It was quirky and odd. Um, you know, uh, yeah, <laughs> I liked it. Amazon five-star reviews. 
The scene with the squirrel was just hilarious. I almost peed my pants from laughing so hard. Could have done without some of the language. That makes it a bit less family friendly. Still the funniest movie I've ever seen. <laughs> I mean, what's their second funniest? Big Top Pee Wee? My hey, love. What's that? Pee Wee Herman, man. Leave Pee Wee alone. No, the first Pee Wee oh. is a masterpiece. The second one is a blue whale abortion. <laughs> Pretty much. In yeah. fact, Terry and I had tickets you to go see the, the, the 35th anniversary of Big Top Pee Wee at the Beacon Theater, and then COVID hit. Fuckery. Yeah. yeah. The we, live uh, Q&A with Paul Rubens afterwards. Yeah. Big Top Pee Wee, I, I watched with my kids. It wasn't as good as, you know, Big Adventure, of course. Right. Uh, with E.G. Daly in it, too, right? Uh, she was great in that. Anyways, uh, yeah. If I, but if if you have to watch something with your kids, at least it's Pee Wee Herman. He, he, I find him funny. He, that if you and I'll tell you what, if you can dig it up, his Broadway play that was on, it's on aired, it aired on HBO. His Broadway run was hilarious. It was Pee Wee's right. Playhouse, but on Broadway. I wish I saw it live, okay. but it was, but if you can catch it on HBO, it's great. Okay, from back in the day though, old. It, no, no, no. It aired about ten years ago on HBO. All right. Oh, I mean, it, and it's interactive. That he goes, and today's secret word is, and all the audience goes, ah, shit like that. <laughs> <laughs> I would have been in heaven. Lawrence Fishburne make it out for that one. Yeah, Cowboy Curtis. <laughs> I had the uh, box set of his TV show. His kid, like kids, kids TV show. I had the box set of that. I love, I love that. Every morning on on Channel Two, it was, uh, it was great. Uh, my wife loves this movie and insists upon us watching as a family a few times during the Christmas season. When we discovered that we did not have a copy of it at home, I was momentarily thrilled by the prospect of not having to endure another screening of this. Thankfully, Amazon offers a purchase and immediately viewing digital copies because, as every happily man know, married man knows, happy wife, happy life. Signed, Cuckolded Husband 69 on Pornhub. <laughs> <laughs> we bought this movie solely s-o-u-l-y see amazon people Ooh. don't even have a ged for the tutorial on how to hang christmas lights on the house we were not disappointed as every house went dark on our block once our husband hit our hit the switch for hours we are currently collecting cans to pay for our two thousand dollar electric bill but no in the long run it will be worth it this movie contains several useful tutorials and will never go out of style <laughs> That's a funny little tongue-in-cheek meta approach, uh, an Amazon five-star yeah. review. <clears throat> Amazon one-star reviews. Frankly, it's embarrassing to watch. It's full of not-too-subtle innuendos, lewd remarks, profanity, and the part that was really unacceptable was having the little kids using vulgar language. None of the characters were any sort of role model for everyone, for anyone. As religious carols were played in the background, I felt disgust that this was being used as support for the characters and the story that came up as mockery. The movies being made in that time period, in my opinion, yeah, we know it's your opinion, asshole. You're writing the fucking review. Were, <laughs> were when the entertainment, when, when, sorry, were when the news entertainment industry began to go down the flusher. Signed, Kurt Loder, MTV News. <laughs> well, that, that's like the, the, the third one to mention the vulgarity of this movie like if they feel yeah, like this is a vulgar movie like but, children cursing is fucking funny right. okay it's so the that funniest I, thing yeah, that review uh, also 
Christmas carols, you know, while vulgarity is happening. So what, man? Haven't you ever been with your family around Christmas? I mean, <laughs> there's always, the, you know, the drunk uncle or aunt, uh, uh, in my case, screaming uh, you know, <laughs> vulgarities and, you know, just saying the most inappropriate things, you know, half, you know, half in the wind. So. Noodles, don't you understand? These Bible Belt people don't like movies unless Kirk Cameron directs them. Okay, yeah, that's that's what I, I got that Kirk Cameron vibe from that review for sure. Next one, I admit I did laugh out loud a few times. All told, I probably spent a, nearly a full minute in laughter, primarily at Chase's antics on the roof in the first part of the movie. Unfortunately, this flick is ninety minutes long, and I spent the other eighty-nine minutes wondering when it was going to get better and marveling over the fact that this turkey is to be considered a classic in the eyes of so many people. This is in the running for the worst movie not named Magnolia that I've ever seen. Guys, there are there are much worse films than Magnolia, and according to this guy's wife, it's probably their wedding video. Ha! No. Speaking of turkey. The, the turkey that they they cut into and it just kind of explodes right right they they still eat it no one's going to eat that turkey it was disgusting looking right. it, it it did not look like it looked like a rotted out carcass it did not no one's going to eat that save I, the neck for me clark yeah. <laughs> <laughs> noodles was like back in 88 when we were first were starting out i had sex with a groupie who looked like that turkey sure <laughs> on a good night <laughs> <laughs> after about 18 Meisterbrows yeah, yeah. Uh, an absolute perfect example of everything I despise about the comedy styly, style of Chevy phony baloney chase utterly annoying and unfunny in every single solitary scene my wife insisted we watch it because it's a holiday classic I love my wife I hate Chevy Chase signed <laughs> Bill signed Bill Murray <laughs> yeah right <laughs> I can't stand Chevy Chase and my girlfriend made me watch this movie it has its moments but be aware Chevy Chase lives through the end signed the guy who greenlit Chevy Chase's talk show I don't know yeah <clears throat> Terry loaded the noodles from the offspring got the sacred cow I feel like he did I mean it, <laughs> I, I I, I've never torn apart this movie so bad. And I, I've always just casually quoted it right along right. Christmas time. You, you just go about it. But I mean, it, you know, part of it is the fact that, you know, at some point along the line, we all realized that like, you know, Chevy chase is just an absolute prick in real life. So when you go back and rewatch his films, you start to feel like, yeah, there's like, you think about what a dick he was behind the scenes, right? Like yelling at everybody. It's probably why, you know, the other kids didn't return, right? Because uh, so, <laughs> every one of them, that's right. They're in a new like, batch. Off, you know, like well, let's that, get new ones. Yeah, that's and that's kind of the, you know, I think he's supposed to be a lovable schlub who just keeps putting himself in these ridiculous, harmful situations, you know, but really he's not lovable. He's a dick who <laughs> speeds up and slows down in front of people. He, you know, he brings his boss a, a Christmas gift, but at the, at the same time, when people are walking by and he's saying "Merry Christmas, Merry Christmas," then kiss my ass, kiss his ass, Happy Hanukkah. You know, he's kind of being a just—he's a dick. You know, he's not yeah. likable. He—he's an arrogant prick. That's all true. Semite. Yeah. Oh. Yeah. That's all true. But I still love Caddyshack, and I'll never fucking quit Caddyshack. I'm sorry. 
that's that's <laughs> you know that's what? it man. i love i love caddyshack I, yeah. you know i i you know there are there are things he's done well and then there's there's things where he just he's not He's he's not so much acting. He's letting himself slip into the character when he should have focused on what the character should be like. You know, I, you you never got want to make a film where the the main character is just dislikable, unless you know, or completely unlikable, unless that is you know the whole thing. If you're gonna make it a you know a dark comedy about a prick, but I don't kind of kind of like what you were saying it. before the podcast about Tom Hanks in Philadelphia, right? <laughs> <No>. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Just, I'm kidding. He didn't say that, folks. To, I'm, 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 I'm throwing in there. That. Noodles didn't say that. I'm making a joke. Don't. I can't. I can't imagine you guys doing a takedown of Philadelphia and all the the pitfalls that lie in trying to get that sacred cow. For sure. uh, Dave Landau does a masterful job, sir, and I implore you to listen because he's right. fucking hilarious. I'll say on that. Noodles, uh, it's been a joy, a treat. Tell everyone what you're up to. What do you want to promote? Where you know? Where can we find you? All that good stuff. Yeah, we're uh, we're still uh, out doing shows right now. We've got like weekends, uh, no no full length tour until the end of the year. We're going to Australia. Um, I think it was some forty one. Uh, oh, cool. Pretty sure for us in Australia, that'll be fun. Those guys are great, and you know we do the two bands. We just you know different enough to to have plenty going on and. They're friends of ours. We love those guys. So it's going to be a fun tour for sure. Um, I, this weekend, I'm playing in a couple of festivals like outside of uh, Montreal and outside of Quebec City. Um, then we go to Japan. Um, and yeah, just keep, we're keeping at it all year long. Don't bring any weed. Otherwise, you'll end up like Brittany Griner. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Well, it's it hash oil, right? Yeah, yeah that's it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Paul McCartney, I should say, too. More, actually, that'd be more <laughs> apropos. Yeah, honestly, Japan is one of the few places where weed isn't just automatically being pumped into my face. I have a little fan to kind of cool me off, and it just sucks up the the weed smell and blows <laughs> it. So uh, I'm getting a little crossfaded uh, during the set. Cool, um, and go see the Offspring. I've seen them. I don't know how many times. Yeah. And, and Noodles is so cool. We get to hang out and, and chat after the show. The Offspring, oh. they 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 kick ass, man. I've been a fan since like '93, '94, and. They still bring it, man. Go go check them out. They're still fucking banging. So uh, give them the world. Terry Loda, what do you want to promote? <laughs> I, I, well, I can hear my son screaming upstairs. So uh, why don't we keep this going for a little bit longer? Yeah. <laughs> I don't want to yeah. go back. I don't want to go back to that life upstairs. I, can, live, hey, I like I like the Descendants T-shirt. It's the same T-shirt that the uh, the Oath Keeper guy was wearing in the uh, in the January six hearings. <laughs> You mean, not the Viking helmet guy? Uh, not the Viking helmet guy. It was the Oath Keeper guy. He was the guy who did all their social media. He was like their, like their, all their media. He was like the, 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 I don't know, the spokesperson for them, for the Oath Keeper. Did he come out and go, do you know what I think about you? <laughs> yeah. The descendants immediately tweeted, you know, and we, we disavow yeah. all connection yeah. to the eight groups. We don't want to have anything to do with them. You know, that's crazy. Uh, I did happen to find, I stumbled upon a, a video of uh, Jello Biafra singing police truck with them just recently. So that was a with the really nice find. Yeah. Yeah. And it was very yeah. recent because he was, you know, had the gut going and the gray hair. So I don't, I don't it had to be from just a few yeah. years ago. That sound good. Oh, that amazing. Yeah. I mean, I love Jello and the descendants are one of my favorite bands. They're, they're so, so yeah. cool. We did a cruise with them. I did, I was filling in for Greg Hetson's out doing circle jerks. Mm -hmm. So I was doing, 
punk rock karaoke and i just did the flogging molly cruise with punk rock karaoke filling in for hudson and the descendants were on it they three of the guys came up and did songs with us carl milo and uh and stefan came up and sang with us it was great you're so I, complimentary of all of their bands which bands can't you fucking stand and will never tour with oh gosh <sighs> yeah like pro- i'm not not in a hurry to do any shows with kid rock <laughs> I'm not a big fan of Kid Rock. Fair. He's a huge yeah. fan, by the way. He's gonna he's gonna come up next and do Spies Like Us. No, I'm just kidding. Is he? No, <laughs> no. That film that film fucking stinks. Yeah. I rewatched that yeah. like a few weeks Spies ago. Like, oh, yeah, it's terrible. It's bad. Younger, yeah, I bet it didn't hold up. Oh. I know I didn't ever like the from jump and boy was I right. Uh, you can check out KevinGoatee.com for up t- upcoming dates and shenanigans. Check out Fantasy Football Jibber Jabber for NFL's picks where my daughter eats dessert, a cookie or brownie, and I give my NFL bets for the week. That's on Instagram as well. Uh, gutting the Sacred Cow, of course. Make sure you write that five-star rating, two or three sentence review. Gutting the Sacred Cow at gmail.com. Guys, noodles, thanks a ton again, man. Always a pleasure hanging my, out with you talking absolutely. to you. Thank you. Terry, thanks for jumping in the co-host chair. Hey. Anytime. This was a blast, guys. Awesome. All right, everyone. Can't wait, can't wait for the East Coast tour. <laughs> yeah. Take care, yeah. everyone. See you later. Save big on brunch for mom. All in the Kroger app. Get 16 ounce packs of flavorful Angus 90% lean ground sirloin for $4.99 each with a digital coupon. Then buy two, get two free on 12 packs of delicious Coca Cola, Pepsi, or 7 Up, all with your card. Shop these deals at your local Kroger, less than five miles away. Or tap the screen now to download the Kroger app to save big today. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Prices and product availability subject to change. Restrictions apply. See site for details.